And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. I can see you right now in the kitchen, bending over a hot stove, but I can't see the stove. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry. I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. What do you do, Carl? Carl is a inventor slash entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm still looking for that home run, you know? I mean, when I saw the iPod first time, I was like, you know, I could have kicked myself. That was so hard on him. What's your name? Carl's my name. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger. Ready to move out. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, David Bryan stars as D.A. Paul Garrett on Mr. District Attorney from 1952. Then it's part one of the Jack Benny program starring Jack Benny and all his gang from 1942. But first, let me say hello to my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hey, Carl. How are you? Good. It's been a whole week. Yeah, right? Seems yeah. like a, just about a day or two. You don't, I don't look know. a week older. Well, I thank promise you. you, you don't. Yeah. I don't want to look if older. If anything, you look a week younger. Thank you. I yeah. was thinking that, too. Same thing. <laughs> I'm going to be nice on this edition. Uh, how long can that last? Not long. No, I didn't think so. What's happening in Hollywood? Well, Woody Allen is all Whoa, over the place. Woody Allen, So my he's favorite. got a few things going on. He's got, first of all, a first ever TV show. Right. Um, it's an untitled six episode series that he wrote and directed, mm-hmm. starring himself. Right, and, and Miley Cyrus. And Miley Cyrus. I remember you saying this. All right, so this will premiere exclusively on Amazon Prime I mean, Video. You think, listen? Of, think of the two of them, right? Could they be more opposite of each other, right? I, I, you know, Woody Allen, opposites attract. Miley Cyrus, right? But there's more. Okay. Um, he has a new film called Cafe Society. Mm-hmm. It opened at the Cannes Film Festival. It was released on Amazon July 15th. Yeah. A romantic drama. I know not your kind, but it is Woody Allen. If it's Woody Allen, I'll right? watch it. Starring Kristen Stewart and yeah. Jesse Eisenberg, Blake Lively, Steve Carell, a lot of big names. Now, is the TV series that he's doing also with Amazon? That's Amazon Prime. Whoa. It is. So Amazon really wooed yes. Mr. Allen. But wait, there's more. Mm. So Justin Timberlake just joined Do his I get newest Ginsu movie. knives with this more? Do I get some Ginsu um, knives? You know, you ask Woody Allen, you never right. know. Ask and you shall receive. Okay. He has a new untitled movie that he's working on right now, um, written and directed, of course, by Woody Allen, um, set in New York City in the late 1950s. It's his 48th feature film. Gosh. So this guy is working like crazy. Yeah, wow, wow. Can't so we can wait look to forward see. To a lot of Woody his, Allen. Do you yeah. have Amazon Prime? Yes, I do. I do too. Yes, I do. I'm a And can I fan. see this new movie right right now like if I wanted to get it, Cafe whatever it's um, called? Cafe Society opened on July 15th. All righty. Thank you Lisa Wolf. You got I it. appreciate it. It's time now for Mr. District Attorney. It came to radio in 1939 and focused on a crusading DA named Paul Garrett. Created, written, and directed by former law student Ed Byron, the series was inspired by the early years of New York Governor Thomas E. Dewey. It was Dewey's public war against racketeering which led to his election as governor and enabled him to run for the presidency of the United States. 
Phillips H. Lord, creator of Gangbusters, helped Byron develop the concept and coined the title. Dwight Wiest, Diane Wiest's dad, was radio's first Mr. District Attorney. With the help of his sidekick, Len Harrington, and his secretary, Edith Miller, Mr. District Attorney proved each week to be champion of the people, guardian of our fundamental rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Raymond Edward Johnson, Jay Jostin, and David Bryan also played Mr. DA over the run. Near the end of its radio run in the early 1950s, the series made a transition to television with a current radio cast reprising their roles. All right, it's time for a radio episode of Mr. District Attorney. Let's go back to June 27, 1952, for the case of the man on the ledge, starring David Bryan in part one of Mr. District Attorney. Mr. District Attorney, starring David Bryan. Mr. District Attorney, champion of the people, defender of truth, guardian of our fundamental rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And it shall be my duty as District Attorney not only to prosecute to the limit of the law all persons accused of crimes perpetrated within this county, but to defend with equal vigor the rights and privileges of all its citizens. This is David Bryan. A district attorney has two jobs. One is to bring the guilty to justice. The other is to protect the innocent. It isn't always easy to tell which is which. This case started in the industrial district, a desolate spot in the early morning hours. What time is it now, Eddie? Uh, two minutes to two. Uh-huh. Hey, look, Bogleton, I'm getting worried about this. You want to go up the river? You want to see me kick out the police force and go up there with you? No. Then play it my way. All right. Now, come on, Eddie, pile out. Yeah. We'll be coming around that corner in a minute. How do you know, Bogleton? I know because a beat cop calls the precinct house every hour on the clock. And this is the call box Walt uses. Only tonight, I'm going to call in for him. Whoever answers, don't they know Walter's voice? No, it's a new desk, Sergeant. we got to time this just right. You take a look around that corner, see if Walter's coming. Okay. No, I, I don't... Wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah, about halfway down the block, Bogleton. Yeah, about 30 seconds. That's perfect. Now, you keep quiet. 31st Precinct, Sergeant Willoughby. Hi, Sarge. 2219, Walsh. How's it going, Walsh? Got a 707. Prowler. Name's Frankie Lynch. It's a parole violation. You better send a wagon. Right away. Hold him. Here he comes, Fogelton. Let him. We're ready. Get in the car. Jesus. Shut up. Well, officer. Yeah? What's the drip? Well, hello, Fogelton. Nice company you're keeping. Not that it surprises me. I got something that will surprise you, Walsh. Yeah? <laughs> Like what, a bribe? No, I wouldn't try to bribe you, Walsh. You're an honest cop, so... All right, Eddie, now we can go. Cop killing. Can they even pin this on us? They'll be looking for a parole violator named Frankie Lynch, stupid. Now slow down and relax. I wouldn't want you to get a traffic ticket. The shock might kill you. Good morning, Miss Miller. Oh, good morning, Harrington. Chief in yet? 
In and on the phone. Mayor again? Uh-huh. Oh, would I love to get my hands on that Frankie Lynch. No word on him? No. City's being fine, calm, though. See this morning's papers? Yeah. Most cold-blooded murder in the city's history. I saw. They've already convicted Lynch without a trial. Trial? Guy's out of state prison for one day after a three-year stretch, and he murders the cop who sent him up. Who needs a trial? You better not let Mr. Garrett hear you talking that way. He... Hello, Harrington. Oh, morning, Chief. You put that call through to the 31st Precinct, Miss Miller? Yes, sir. Sergeant Willoughby's on his way here now. Ought to be here any minute. Willoughby, the one Walsh spoke to when he called in and said he had Lynch under arrest? Yes. We got his statement yesterday. I want to talk to him personally. Something disturbs me. What? Do you think Officer Walsh would have arrested Lynch and brought him to a call box without searching him to see if he had a gun? No. He'd frisk him the minute he caught him. And Walsh wasn't killed with his own gun. It hadn't been fired. You figure Lynch had an accomplice, Chief? Well, that's the only... What was that? It's out in the hall. Lynch, sir. He's in the building. Somebody had him and let him get away? No, no. He was on the loose. I was just coming out of the elevator when a cleaning woman came running in from the staircase. Lynch scared her. Boys from the squad room came up after him. They've got him cornered. Where? Fearing room at the end of the hall. Well, why don't they go in and take him? They can't. He broke a window and went out on the ledge. Says he's going to jump if anybody comes out after him. Come on, Harrison. Who fired those shots? Squad room boy. Lynch fire back? I don't think so. He just bolted for the window. In here. All right, all right, you guys. All right, quiet down. Quiet down. Sergeant, take these men with you. Go right up to the ninth floor. See if there's any chance of dropping a rope over him. Yes, sir. Come on. Now, let's see if we can coax him in. Hey, Chief, don't stick your head out there. Why not? He killed the cop, the son of the jail. You prosecuted him, didn't you? Well, you might be next on his list. Why else would he be in the building? Why? I'll talk to him. Lynch! Dick, you get away! You made one move to come out here after me and I jumped! Now, that ain't going to make you any deader than the policeman you shot. A man with a wife and two kids. I didn't shoot him. Well, come on in and tell me about it. No, I want to see Mr. Garrett. But you pull everybody off the floor and, and let me talk to him or I'll jump, I swear it. Harrington, let me... Don't, oh, Chief, he's half crazy. Just get out and let me talk to him. Go on, Harrington. Oh. Garrett speaking. Sergeant Willoughby talking from the ninth floor, sir. How does it look? No good. We can't even see him. There's a cornice up here. It juts out too far to rope him. That's too bad. They could lower me over in a bucket seat. No, forget it. He might go. Bring the men and report to Harrington in my office. Yes, sir. Take them down into the street, rope it off, and disperse the crowd. Well, it's your party, Chief. And close the door. Hello, Lynch. Mr. Garrett? I didn't kill Walsh. Then why have you been running away? I've been trying to get to you. I... I couldn't let the cops take me with them, thinking I'd kill one of them. Lynch, I'm in this room all alone. If I lock the door, will you come in and talk it out? No, I can talk from here. I give you my word, there won't no, be any... No, please, don't listen to me here. Look, you don't know what it's like to be locked up. I do, for three years. You, you know what the greatest thing in the world is, Mr. Garrett? It's a doorknob. A cheap two-bit doorknob that you can buy in a hardware store, but... Because you can turn it. You can use it to open and close the door. Go anywhere you want, whenever you want to. Lynch, I know how you feel, No, you but... don't. You'll never know. Hey, look, when I, I left the pen just three days ago, I swore I'd never go back. I'd rather die. Lynch, why did you run away when Officer Walsh was shot? I didn't even know he was shot. Not until I heard it on the radio the next morning and found out that they were looking for me. 
But Walsh called the precinct house and said he had you under arrest for a violation of parole. That's a lie! He didn't arrest me! Did you see him the night he was killed? You're hesitating, Lynch. The way a man does when he's fishing for a lie. Yeah, I, I saw him. But we just talked. He didn't arrest me and I didn't kill him. Maybe you'd better tell me what did happen. Well, it, it, it was my first night out of the pen. I, I couldn't sleep. I, I was free. I just wanted to walk around and walk and breathe. But uh, uh, 1 a.m. I got up. I, I got dressed and I went out. Out where? No, no place in particular. I just, you know, where my feet wanted to take me. Felt good. You never know how good. Go on. I saw him about 1.30, it must have been. I was walking down by the factory district. Quiet. Nobody around. Hey, you, wait a minute. What? Turn around and put your hands against the wall. I'm not doing anything, officer. Okay. Now let's get a look at your face. Well, Frankie Lynch, isn't it? Yes. Remember me? I remember you. Got you for armed robbery once, didn't I? Yeah. When'd you get out? It was yesterday. Thought you pulled five to ten. I serve three. I'm doing the rest on parole. Your parole officer forget to tell you about the ten o'clock curfew? No, he told me. Being out at this hour is a violation. You know that, don't you? Please. Officer Walsh, I'm not doing anything wrong. Would you please believe me? You better tell me what you are doing around just, here. I'm just walking. After three years, I couldn't sleep. I just came out here to walk, that's all. Take it easy, boy. I think you're on the level. I am. I, I am. You've got a job? No, not yet, no. Bakery needs night loaders. I'll be passing there in a few minutes. Maybe I could talk to somebody. Would you? Would you for me? <laughs> it's only 40 bucks a week. You used to have bigger plans than that. Yeah, that was before I found out how much a doorknob was worth. Huh? Uh, it's just a, a private joke. I'll talk to the night boss later on my way to ring in. Go ahead, boy. Finish your walk. Boss, you're not a bad guy. I don't think you are either. Not anymore. Hello, Walsh. Hello, Eddie. How's business tonight? My pool parlor's only open at daytime. You know that, Walsh. They're playing pool, you mean? How about dice and a few other games? Maybe you'd better stop saying things you can't prove. You had the vice squad raid my place three times. No evidence, no games. That's right, Eddie. And we both know why, don't we? Another couple of days and we'll know for sure. Well, maybe we'll all learn a lot in a couple of days. You got a... Well, if it ain't Frankie Lynch. Hello, Eddie. When they let you out? Yesterday, on parole. Parole, huh? Well, drop around. Shoot a game in Chicago on the house. No, thanks, Eddie. Well... <laughs> Bet the warden will be real proud of you. That's enough, Eddie. Get going. Sure. Good night, you lovely people. You know, you're lucky in a way, Lynch. You learned your lesson. That baby still has his coming. He can have it. Got any dough? Yeah, I got 50 bucks. Compliments of the state. It's enough to hold me until I 
Till I start loading bakery trucks, I hope. <laughs> I think that'll be real soon. Good night, Lynch. Good night. And, and, and thanks, huh? Enjoy your walk, boy. I'm glad you came out clean. And that was the last I saw of him, Mr. Garrett. That was all, and that's the truth. I see. You don't believe me, do you? It doesn't fit in with the other statements, Lynch. But it's all true. Then what are you afraid of? Come inside and we'll... No, Mr. Garrett, no. Lynch, you've been running more than 48 hours. You can't have had much food or sleep. You're tired. And that ledge is pretty narrow. And eight stories above the ground, but I'm staying here, Mr. Garrett. Until you know that I didn't shoot Walsh. Or until... Well, like you said, I'm tired. I'll do what I can, Lynch. Check your story. And I'll be back as soon as I can. I'll be here, Mr. Garrett. Here or... Or or down there. A policeman had been murdered in cold blood. All the evidence pointed to one man, an ex-convict. And he stood on a ledge eight stories above the ground, denying guilt and in danger of plunging to his own destruction at any moment. If Lynch was lying, his death might not matter. But if he was innocent, a killer was at large and we had to find him. Meanwhile, in another part of the city... Eddie? Hi, Vogel. Hey, don't call me by name. You hear about Lynch? <laughs> yeah. I understand they're covering the thing with radio and TV and everything. Not so loud. Eddie, yeah? where's your equipment stashed? In the basement of the warehouse next door. Why? There's nothing on the premises here. No, I moved everything when you tipped me on that last raid. You know that. I was just afraid you might have brought some of it back. Well, I was thinking of a game tonight, maybe. You know, it's pay night. Are you with crazy? A... Suppose the vice squad pulls another raid tonight. I'd expect to hear from you first. That's what I've been paying you for, ain't it? Look, bright boy, I'm suspended, remember? Until the grand jury here next week. Well, so what do you got to worry about? Walsh ain't going to be there to testify. And without Walsh, they got nothing on you. Unless they get some bright ideas about why Walsh is dead. Yeah, they have. A lot of bright ideas. But they're all about Lynch. Mm-hmm. I'd be a lot happier if he'd take that jump, you know? Mm. A whole lot happier. I'll see you again after he does. Is waiting. Back to the eighth, Joe. Sergeant, our entire case against Lynch seems to hinge on the phone call you got from Wallace just before he was killed. I want you to think before you answer. Are you sure about that call? Oh, I'd have no reason to lie about it, sir. I'm not looking for a lie, Sergeant. I'm looking for a mistake. Are you certain it was Officer Walsh who phoned in? Yeah, I'm sure. You don't sound sure. But I never thought about it until now, sir. I mean, when the call came through, he said it was Walsh. Did you recognize his voice? 
I suppose somebody else might use that call box, but but what? Well, only only a cop would know how to make the call. I, I can't explain it, but... Well, I know I spoke to a cop. There's a certain way you call in. It's not just anybody could pick up a call box phone and ring in without me spotting them. All right, Sergeant. That helps. Oh, Mr. Garrett, your assistant just called from the grand jury room. What did he get? Well, he's bringing the records over, but I took these notes. A man named Fogelson on the vice squad is under suspension pending investigation. Is Walsh involved in the suspension? Yes, sir. He was under subpoena to testify against Fogelson. What charge? According to the bill, Walsh on three occasions reported gambling in a billiard parlor owned by a uh, Eddie Manning. Vice squad drew warrants in stage three raids. No evidence found. Walsh charged that Eddie Manning was being informed of the raid. Maybe you did talk to a police officer after all, Sergeant Willoughby. I know I did. District Attorney's Office. Oh, yes, Harrington, just a sec. It's Harrington, Mr. Garrett. He's at the bakery. All right, Harrington. The night foreman isn't here, Chief. Well, get his home phone number and call him. I asked. He hasn't got a home phone. Then get his address and drive out and make it fast. Just find out if Walsh stopped by before he was killed and asked for a job for Frankie Lynch. All right, Chief. I'm going right away. You live near the 31st Precinct, Sergeant? Yeah. Well, come with me. You can stop at your home on the way and change into plain clothes. Miss Miller, when Harrington calls back, tell him to look for me about a block from that billiard parlor in the 31st. Yes, sir. Eddie Manning. We'll take an unmarked squad car. You can keep in touch through radio division. I want to report on Lynch's condition every 15 minutes. That's the first portion of Mr. District Attorney. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Now let's get back to Mr. District Attorney. Open table if you want to shoot a game. Only ten cents a cue. No, thanks. A couple of other guys alone back there. You want somebody to play with? I'd just like to watch. Mm-hmm. I ever see you around here before? Maybe. I work at the bakery. You hear about that cop that got shot a couple of nights ago? We got the killer trapped. Yeah, so I hear. You know, it happened right on the corner of the next block. Shooting. I just missed seeing it. That's so? Yeah. I passed him on the street. And the cop and the guy who killed him. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah, the cop was arresting this Lynch character and hauling him up to the call box to call for the wagon. You saw that? Yeah, passed him right on the street. I didn't hear anything about a witness. You tell the police about it? Why? They know who done it. I mind my own business. Yeah, sure. Boys at the bakery tell me this uh, pool hall isn't your only business. I don't believe everything you hear. I don't. You want anything else? No. No, thanks. I'd better be getting on to work. Chief? Over here, Harrington. As always. Where's Sergeant Willoughby? Around the block in the pool room. You see that night foreman? Yeah. Did he back Lynch up? Did Officer Walsh ask him for a job for Lynch? No. 
No. The uh, foreman says he went home early the night of the killing. His kid was sick or something. But some of the loaders did say that Walt stopped by looking for him. And that means Lynch's story could be true. Yeah. It... Oh, here comes Willoughby. Well, Sergeant? I don't know. This Eddie Manning says he saw Walsh with Lynch. Well, that's in keeping with Lynch's statement. We've got to flush that vice cop Fogelson, and we don't have much time. Harrington, you try the pool room this time. What do you want me to do, Chief? Show him your police credentials. What? Pretend you're trying to shake him down. If he's been paying Fogelson for protection information, maybe he'll pay you. Use your car. Go ahead. Anything you want me to do, sir? Call radio division for a squad to cover this area. There's an alley behind that pool room. Keep it covered. I'll meet you. Yes, sir. Close. We close at five o'clock. I got a message for you. Just a minute. Yeah, what is it? You, uh, you got anything around you shouldn't have? Who are you? Badge enough? What do you want with me? What are you talking about? Ah, don't hedge with me. You're going to be raided again. Fogelson told me to tell you. Why didn't he come himself? What difference does it make? I'll fork over. Let's have the dough. For what? Fogelson ever give you information for free? I don't know what you're talking about. Get out and close. Wilson, Eddie. What are you calling me for? Did you just send a cop to see me? No. Well, he was here. He flashed a badge. Mentioned you and trying to shake me down. Now, listen, Fogelson. They're wise to us. You pull that trigger, not me. Oh, shut up. Shut up, you fool. Now, wait there. Wait for me. I'll be over there in five minutes. Fogelson. Fogelson. Five minutes, but he hasn't come out. I can't see anything. Pull the blinds. Call somebody on the phone. Shade on the back window was torn. We saw him. Car stopped in front. Get back there. It may be Fogelson. Eddie. Eddie, let me in. Keep your eye open back there, Sergeant. And we can slip out front now. The car covers. Shoot what is it, Sergeant? He shot Eddie. He's going for the cash register. Trying to make it look like a robbery killing. He'll go for his car. There he comes. Stop, Fogelson! Come off behind that car, Fogelson, with your hands up. Don't make me kill you. Don't make me kill you. I'll circle behind him. Careful, Sergeant. He's going to run. <laughs> nice shooting, Sergeant. Oh. Yeah. Oh. He'll live to go to trial. Oh. We got you for killing Eddie Manning, Fogelson. Oh. You might as well tell us about Walsh. Oh. You did it, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. We'll radio for an ambulance, Sergeant. Stay with him. Come on, Harrington. We gotta get Lynch in from that ledge. Careful now, Lynch. Easy. Easy. 
Reach your hand out now. Look at weak. Dizzy. Grab him, Harrington. All right, I got him. Pull together. Uh, yeah? Mm. All right, then. You're safe now. I was so, so far down the street there. I didn't want to die, but I, I couldn't stand being locked up again. I. How about coming with us? We'll get you something to eat. No, no. I don't want anything except just, just to be able to open that door and, and go. All right, Lynch. It's all yours. Thanks. That's all I can say. Thanks. Yeah, I'll get it. No, Harrington. Let him open it himself. I just wanted to help him, Chief. You just did, Harrington. More than you know. This is David Bryan. I hope you enjoy this case from the files of Mr. District Attorney. Now, here is the star of Mr. District Attorney, David Bryan, with a word about the program you have just heard. You probably recall the case, that exceedingly and fortunately rare specimen of a criminal policeman we call Fogelson was tried and convicted for both killings. Frankie Lynch finished out his parole honestly, got his job at the bakery, and is still employed there in a supervisory capacity. Now, this is David Bryan inviting you to join us when we present our next case based on the facts of crime from the file of Mr. District Attorney. Mr. District Attorney was originated by Phillips H. Lord. And that's Mr. District Attorney from June 27, 1952, with a case of the man on the ledge starring David Bryan as D.A. Paul Garrett, as heard on NBC. Hope you enjoyed that. Before we tune into the Jack Benny program, I want to remind all of our listeners that we have a website for this show. Just go to Hollywood360radio.com. You'll see thousands and thousands of pictures of Lisa Wolf, because I know everyone wants to see that. There's also a store. There's our schedule. There's, uh, what else is there? Tons of stuff. Just, can, just a, a melange. A melange rouge? Yes. Yes, and you can get 10 free classic radio shows there, too. Just digitally download them. There's a ton of stuff in the store. There's DVDs, there's CDs, digital downloads. There's a smorgasbord of stuff there. And uh, then there's a photo gallery, which has, uh, as I say, Hundreds of thousands of pictures of Lisa and all kinds of fun stuff. So just go to Hollywood360radio.com. Oh, you know what else is there? What? A podcast of this show. Oh, that's right. That's important. Podcast of this show. So if you miss any of the show each week, just go to Hollywood360radio.com. Podcast our show. That way you'll never miss one syllable that Lisa utters out of her very pretty mouth with dimples on each side. Huh? Are you done Sound talking good? yet? Yeah, no. Okay, Time for the Jack Benny program. 
We all love Jack Benny. We don't have to talk about him. We all know and love him, right? Especially He was you. probably one of the most famous comedians of radio, TV, and film back in the golden age of radio. And he had a terrific television show as well. He did some movies. Star of stage, screen, and radio, really, Lisa, like you. Right. So Same. let's go back to 1942, November 22nd to be exact. And they all go to see uh, Jack's new picture, George Washington Slept Here, his whole gang. This is sponsored by Grape Nuts Flakes. It's served on NBC Red. You know, back then they, they split the NBC network into the Red Network and the Blue Network. Eventually the Blue Network became ABC. But uh, this is, they actually say NBC Red on this. Here's part one now of the Jack Benny program. The Grape Nuts Flakes program, starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Dennis Day, Rochester, and yours truly, Don Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, we bring you our genial master of ceremonies, a man who... Hold it, Don, hold it. I'm not appearing on this program tonight until Mary Livingston and Phil Harris get out of the studio. What? You heard me, big boy. I'm not going to associate with those two smart alecks. Oh, lay off, Jackson. You're too big a guy to hold a grudge. Listen, I can hold a grudge longer than anybody you ever knew, Twitch Hips. (laughs) Now, get away from me or I'll kick you. You do, and you can turn your bridge work into the scrap drive. (laughs) I can, eh? Oh, calm down, Jack. We both told you we were sorry. Listen, Mary, every time you get me into a jam, you're sorry. If you were a man, I'd ask you to step out in the alley. For you, an alley is stepping out. (laughs) That's so. For heaven's sakes, what's going on here? Jack, why are you so angry with Mary and Phil? Shall I tell him, Phil? Sure, why not? Well, I'm not going to hear it. Now, wait a minute, Jack. Where are you going? Across the street to the tropics for a zombie. (laughs) Do you mean the drink, or is your girl meeting you there? (laughs) I mean the drink. Goodbye. Gee, Mary, a zombie's a pretty tough drink for a guy like Jackson, ain't it? Ah, he doesn't drink them. He just ties a knot in the straw, yells whoopee, and passes out when the check comes. (laughs) (laughs) But no kidding. He's really mad this time. Well, uh, tell me, Mary, what's this all about? Well, last Friday, Jack called up and asked me if I wanted to go over to Warner Brothers Theater and see a preview of his new picture, George Washington Slept Here. Yes, but why is he mad at you and Phil? I'm coming to that. Jack told me to be at his house about 3.30, and he'd drive me to Hollywood in the horse and buggy. He hadn't had his nag out in traffic before, and he wanted to see how she'd behave. Whoa, Leona, whoa. Oh, Rochester... Rochester's the buggy all grease. I'm finishing it up now, boss. Good. Put on your old gray bonnet with the blue ribbon on it. And we'll hitch only on it to the shade. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Through the fields of clover, we will ride to Dover on our golden wedding day. <laughs> Take it easy, Leona. Whoa, girl. She's hungry. She's hungry? Well, I'm taking care of her now. One, two, three, four, five. Don't count those old boss. Just dump them in. <laughs> well, I don't want to overfeed the owner. She'll lose her beautiful figure. Leona, take your hoof off your hip. <laughs> He's so vain. 
Well, she is a fine-looking animal, isn't she, Rochester? Would that sway back? No, her back isn't so swayed. Then how come when you sit on her, you can't see over her head? <laughs> well, peek around. She isn't a saddle horse anyway. You know, I don't like the way Leona favors that right leg. I think I'll rub it down. Where's the horse liniment, Rochester? The what? The horse liniment. Where is it? I say in that big brown bottle, but I think it's empty. Empty? That liniment bottle is empty? Don't look at me, boss. I ain't touched any of that stuff since Prohibition. <laughs> oh, no? Well, somebody's been hitting this bottle. I'm going to find out who it is. Oh, <laughs> ho! Leona, you've been drinking. Oh, oh my goodness. Gosh, that, that liniment is powerful stuff. She's really going to have a hangover. Shall I fix her a bucket of Bruno Seltzer, boss? <laughs> no, just put some sense in in her oats and let's get going. <laughs> now, Rochester, I'll put the bridle on and you take care of the other end. Uh, <laughs> uh, get the harness. Okay. Now, hold still, Leona. Hold still while I put this nice bridle on you. Don't back up. Grab her by the ears, boss. I got her. Here, Leona. Here, Leona. Leona, stop kissing me. <laughs> so darn affectionate. How you making out with the harness, Rochester? I'm all tangled up, boss. She's got her front legs crossed. Well, uncross them. Here, I'll help you. You pull the left leg and I'll pull the right. Together now, go. <laughs> Leona, get up off the floor. <laughs> now, you get up. I've had enough of you. Maybe we can sell her to W.C. Fields. <laughs> Never mind. Leona, get up. All right, sister. You asked for it. Get the jack, Rochester. It's right there in the buggy. Okay. And no need of winking at me, Leona. You're getting up off that floor. Here's the boss, Jack. Here's the jack, boss. You've had some of that liniment, too, brother. <laughs> right. Well, Rochester, put that jack under her stomach. There. All right, so it tickles you. Jack her up, Rochester. Oh, hello, Mary. We'll be ready in a minute. Well, for heaven's sake, what are you doing? What do you think we're doing? We're jacking up Leona. Has she got a flat? No, she fell down, that's all. There, she's up now. Quick, Rochester, throw the harness on her. We'll be ready to leave for the movie in a few minutes, Mary. I want to get there before six o'clock. Why so early? Leona's going to a cocktail party. <laughs> she is not. Say, Mary, I bet you can hardly wait to see my new picture. You know, they say it's one of the finest things I've ever done. Who's they? They, they, the New York critics. Their reviews were simply wonderful. Oh, yes, I saw them on the bulletin board in front of your house. <laughs> well, there are a lot of high-hat picture stars around this neighborhood, and I think they ought to see them. 
By the way, was there anyone uh, looking at the board when you came in? Just a couple of Blue Jays, but how often do they go to a movie? <laughs> well, let's get going. Hop in the buggy, Mary. Watch out now. Don't hit your head on the canopy. Oh, fine. I feel like a Floridora girl. Well, it's a pretty swanky buggy, if that's what you mean. Swanky? That Schultz's market painted on the side. I can barely see it. Touch that up a little in the morning, Rochester. Okay, boss. Everybody set? Yeah, let's go. Get up, Leona. Hold on to your hat, Mary. That's right, Rochester. Make a move over. Where have I heard that horn before? I saved it off my Maxwell. Well, this isn't so bad, eh, Mary? An hour and a half, we're almost in Hollywood. I'll bet old man Schultz used to make it in an hour and with a load of fish besides. He had a meat market, Schultz's meat market. Easy, Leona. Hold her back a little, Rochester. I don't like the way Leona keeps stumbling. That's your fault, boss. I told you not to put high heels on her shoes. You're not so high. Isn't that Dennis walking along there? Where? Coming out of that flower shop. Oh, Dennis! Dennis! Hello, Mr. Benny. Pull up here, Rochester. Whoa, Leona. Whoa! <laughs> that Leona's still full of liniment. Where are you going, Dennis? Over to Dorothy Lamour's house. Hmm. Still going with Lamour. I can't understand it. So you have a date with her, eh, kid? Yeah, I just bought her a geranium to wear on her dress. A geranium? Listen, Dennis, when a young man takes a flower to his girl, it should be an orchid. I'm dumb. I can get away with murder. <laughs> You've got something there. Uh, where are you and Dorothy going, Dennis? What a night. I got a rowboat reserved at Westlake Park. Hmm, a rowboat. In that case, a geranium is overdoing us. Who said it? Say, Dennis, we're just going to see a preview of my new picture, George Washington Slept Here. Would you like to come along? Well, I promised Dorothy I'd be over early. You can see her later. Now, you hop in this buggy, kid. You're going to the show with us. But, Mr. Benny... There'll be no buts about it. According to the loyalty clause in your contract, you've got to see my picture. <laughs> That's the first portion of the Jack Benny program. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Next time here on Hollywood 360, it's the conclusion to the Jack Benny program from 1942. Then it's the Voyage of the Scarlet Queen. We've never aired this show on Hollywood 360. It'll be the first time Elliot Lewis stars in this good drama. I think you'll, uh, I think you'll enjoy it a lot. It's like a drama on the high seas. All right, we'll see you next time here on Hollywood 360.